Welcome back to another episode of Direct Response Secrets. I'm your host, Zachary J. Radford, and I have a big one for you today. This is not our usual stick. I'm usually, it's either usually me talking or me uh, consulting with somebody and helping them. I actually brought you guys an expert, uh, a gentleman named Chris Mason. Uh, I originally met Chris through Titans Accelerator, uh, Brian Kurtz is community. I joined there and uh, I was just blown away by all the teachings that they have and everything they talk about regarding Eugene Swartz. These guys are uh, dropping some serious knowledge. I was very excited to have him on the show. So it's a little bit different style. I have him on there. We're talking about some big ideas and ultimately, uh, so you can grow your business. Maybe it's a, a different way that you can think about your campaign. Maybe it's that next step or that one idea. It may be in this episode. Chris has a quite uh, a history and a past. He was literally a songwriter in the early 2000s, worked in corporate America, uh, freelance copywriter, hooked up with Brian as a partner um, through what he's calling a profit partner, which is really exciting, uh, and ultimately becoming an offer owner himself. Check him out if you have an opportunity. It's well worth it. This episode will sell you on him. He's an amazing guy. His name's Chris Mason. Let's jump into it. All right. I'll see you on the inside. Let's go. All right, welcome back to the episode, guys. We have Chris Mason, uh, an expert in all things direct response advertising. Uh, I first met Chris through the Titans of Response um, Accelerator Program Mastermind. It's been absolutely a game changer for me and my skills and my connections. Uh, Chris, welcome to the show, my friend. Hey, Zach. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it, man. Hey, happy to have you. So you've recently published a book with Brian. Is that correct? Yeah. Uh, Brian and I, we uh, published uh, Breakthrough Advertising Mastery together, which is a uh, companion study guide to the 1966 book that Gene Schwartz wrote, uh, Breakthrough Advertising. Oh, that's... And I got my copy, of course, because I had to have it. And uh, well, before we dive, I have a bunch of questions for you that I want to ask. What was that process like launching? This is your first book that you've ever put out. And I'm in the process of writing a book, as I mentioned. What was that process like for you? Well, I mean, writing the book, uh, it took, is almost, I mean, almost two years, a little under two years. And um Part of that for me was just the way I approached it was um, I would just dedicate it at least the first hour of every day to going through the text of Gene's work and I would make my notes and then and then I went back through it and um, and kind of pulled out the the highlights from each chapter and then started thinking about you know if I was gonna uh, you know create exercises for people because because part of the book is we want you to not just read it but like get a sense of of what it feels like to to put the practice in uh for for actually doing what gene is recommending yeah there's the book there so it's like I literally got um it. so, so it's just kind of dreaming up dreaming up different exercises uh for each chapter and, and worksheets that go along with it but so that, that was kind of the process of of putting the book together um and then you know getting it published or i mean we self-published but like going through the it's over 500 pages. Uh, yeah. so and you guys big. didn't skimp on the quality. I must say like all the yeah. pictures are high gloss. Everything looks phenomenal. 
Uh, yeah, that's right. I'll put a link in for the listeners as well to uh, to the offer. It's, it's well worth the money. Um, and I'm not affiliated with it in any way. And I highly recommend it. The impact that Breakthrough Advertising has had on me and my business, uh, look at different stages of awareness and all this different stuff, which we're going to get into. But tell me a little bit, Chris, because uh, you have a very unique perspective on this uh, because you're so close to it. What is uh, Breakthrough Advertising to you, my friend? Um, it's really a, a process is how I came to look at it. So it's like um, what Gene is, I mean, he says in the introduction, like it, this is not a book about copywriting. It's a book about uh, how to make markets. And he says that in the introduction. And so when you, when you have that uh, kind of perspective and you go through it, you see that what he's saying is um, that the, the first step if you're going to create a market around something is to identify what the already existing mass desire is in the market. And then we're trying to channel that yes. towards the product through, through the words and pictures we use. And so that's what, that's one of the things that just struck me is like, this is not, you know, like a, a template or a fill in the blank, anything. This is just how to think about, um, about what you're trying to do as a marketer. And then here are some, you know, different copy techniques that you can use yeah. to try and, <clears throat> and, and channel that desire towards your product. So I, I just started looking at it as like this, he's really describing a, a process more than, um, well, not more than, but in addition to like how to, how to, um, how to write copy. A hundred percent. And I just imagine what it was like for him. Uh, like we're lucky enough to have these frameworks. We're lucky enough to kind of tap into things that have already been done. It must've been like the wild, wild west for him trying to solve these problems, literally trial and error and testing. I'm sure like he had access to like Claude Hopkins and some of the, some of the old greats, uh, but still the way he took it to a whole nother level. And I would have to say before every single campaign that I run, I am running through that stages of awareness. I'm thinking about levels of sophistication. I'm thinking about these core ideas that uh, I never even thought about. And when you mentioned desire, and that's like, that's what stuck out to you. I didn't even have that concept. And I had already made, uh, done very well with paid advertising, but I didn't realize how nuanced desire is and kind of tapping into that and fully understanding it. Uh, it's absolutely, uh, it's a game changer. If anybody is writing any type of copy, would you recommend, uh, and we're going to get into more questions and actual processes yeah. and stuff, but where would you recommend they start? Do you recommend that they would start with your breakthrough mastery or well, the, I would, the original book, the OG? You know, I, I would, if you were just going to get one, I would go to the original um, and then, you know, part of the feedback that, that we always got selling breakthrough advertising is that, um, man, this is a, a hard read. The, the word we always heard was this is dense. Yes. Um, and, and that yes. was also so, part of the, the genesis for creating the book, but I, I would definitely start with the, the original if you're just going to get one. So, and, and that's a great recommendation, but it's funny that you said that because, uh, when I saw this, this, your, your book, uh, yeah. The breakthrough advertising mastery. Uh, one of the lines of copy was like, "Hey, it's easy to break down this book. You probably have that book on your shelf, untouched." And I was like, 
I've picked it up, but that's the extent of it. I've read little pieces. This is just the extension so of, uh, of everything that's in that book, and it makes it really easy. I think what you guys have done really well is the actual images. To see ads and see it in action and see it in motion is absolutely great. So what led you to be interested in breakthrough advertising? What, like, how, how'd you get your start in this? Before mm-hmm. we were, we were talking on uh, recording, you were saying that you wrote songs for a living. How do you end up writing songs to, to, to go in this route? Yeah. So I live in, in Nashville and moved here in 2003, uh, you know, out of, um, Right after college and in college, I was, um, you know, singer songwriter guy playing around different bars and whatnot and, and really enjoyed the process of writing songs. And, you know, looking back on that, I, I see such a connection into what drew me to direct response copywriting. Um, you know, so I did, I, I traveled all around the Southeast primarily, um, in the early 2000s and then kind of fell out of love with that, um, with that business and, uh, it wasn't until 2012 or so that I got introduced to direct response copy and uh, Dan Kennedy specifically. And, and actually, you know, Gene Schwartz, Gene Schwartz too, but I was, uh, I was a little too new, uh, to really appreciate, uh, breakthrough advertising. I just knew that it was, um, this, uh, you know, direct response Bible of sorts. And so, um, but, but Brian Kurtz, I mean, I met him in 2013. Um, I was still in my, I had a day job and, uh, he was one of my first clients on the side I was writing copy for. And um, and then when he left boardroom, I, I was right around the same time I left my day job. And so um, we just started working more together as a, you know, kind of a client relationship. And he had Brian's the rights to break awesome, through <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, he had the rights to break through advertising. And um, my eyes weren't opened into the the need from the market. So, I mean, I guess what drew me to it was seeing um, the need in the market to really understand this book. And we, I saw that in Titans Accelerator uh, when uh, Teresa Pantanella started leading a uh, breakthrough advertising study group. And I just saw the interest in that. And uh, I, I feel like one of the things that I am good at is is being able to think deeply on a topic and then kind of distill it down. I mean, you were saying this about yourself earlier, but just distill it down into um, just really easy to understand concepts. And so I, I was just drawn to it uh, because I felt like it would be something that would be beneficial. And, um, and, and, and that, that's, that's really what would, and, and, you know, my own love of of the craft. (laughs) Yeah. And it actually works when applied, which is phenomenal Uh, from the outside looking in you guys have a phenomenal way of just seeing what the market, uh, everybody that you're working with, what their needs are. Cause that, that, it leaves clues, right? Like you were saying, uh, like Teresa went off and started her own, uh, doing studies of the books and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And it's just like, why don't we try to facilitate that? Now you have the boot camp. Now you have the next yeah. product. Um, I find, uh, with a lot of clients that I work with, they struggle to really look at their, their customers in that way um, and, and build something beyond just that transactional relationship. And I believe uh, Brian and yourself and the whole Titans community have done that phenomenally well. And uh, that's the one, one main thing that drew me to you guys that in speed of growth uh, as we were talking about, but uh, mm-hmm. I'm going to emulate every step of that and everything that I build, because I think it matters a lot. 
And uh, even in my book, um, uh, and I was doing this not knowingly, like, hey, listen to the customer, but I, I would work with a lot of e-commerce people and we might get into some of that too. You said you had like an e-commerce plugin, but every yeah. client that I would talk to, I'd be like, when's the last time you spoke to a customer? And they'd be like, well, like, uh, like on the phone. I was like, yeah, on the phone. When's the last time you called them? Why are, how are they using your product? What does that look like? All of those great things. And uh, nine times out of 10, it was very much like, oh yeah, okay, we could try that. Okay. But when they would have those conversations and they would go through um, all of their customer service stuff, it, you could literally find these golden nuggets, just like you were mentioning there. So I just wanted to draw attention to that because that is the book in practice, essentially being able to see that desire, being able to tap into that and build an offer around that, which is so, so cool. Um, cool. Um, how would you say, and, and there's there's like, uh, and I, I find myself in the middle, but there's two camps. There's like the old school camp, direct marketing, this is how it goes. And there's the new school camp of like, this is how, you know, Facebook ads and AI and all this different stuff. I find myself in the middle being like, as long as it works, I, like, as long as it gets my clients and uh, improves a result, uh, provides a result, I'm down. How do you think breakthrough advertising has evolved over the years? And, and how is how is it still applicable today as it was back in the 70s? Well, I, I mean, I think at the at the core, it's just, I mean, marketing fundamentals, period, they haven't they haven't changed in over a hundred years because it's, human. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just, how do you, but because it, it's the, the tactics change, but the tactics are born out of the you know, a specific way of thinking and, um, and, and a strategy. And that's in, in a, at the core of it, the strategy is, uh, helping people solve their, their problems and, yes. and, and, and showing them, uh, with as much certainty as as you can, that if if they entrust money to you uh, for this specific problem, that that you or your service, your product uh, will will solve their problem for them, and and everything else is just trying to figure out how do I best communicate and prove that to them. Beautiful, beautiful. I couldn't have put that any better myself. I think. And I use it still to like on every project, like I mentioned, and I, I think there's this disconnect between old school, new school, it, it's the human, that's what I call it, like, mm -hmm. we're speaking to the human brain that has desires, it has needs, it has all of these things. And I think Eugene has done a really good job of like, organizing those ideas and giving us systems and processes to kind of like rock that out, which is so cool. Uh, in your opinion, uh, your expert opinion, who do you think that breakthrough advertising would be best for? What type of business? Is this for all businesses, online businesses, offline businesses? Who could benefit most from this? Well, yeah, I mean, I think if certainly if you are somebody who's uh, if you're a copywriter, um, you know, you're or, or a media buyer, any anybody who's uh, delivering services to other businesses to to be their marketing arm, um, you I mean it's a must to study breakthrough advertising. Um, you know if if you're a if a business who you're 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 trying to figure out like like you feel stuck in your marketing yeah. um, and and you know that like you've got one really good source of of business maybe it's referrals or something like that and you know that well. Yeah. If that ever if that ever dries up, I'm screwed. Like um, like if you've got that rolling in the back of your head, whether it's um, 
you know, and, and you are somebody that appreciates and understands direct response, um, then, then, then definitely breakthrough advertising is going to teach you how to, to think and, and spot opportunities in your market. I mean, it's, it's not the only book there we're, we're spoiled because we have so many great marketing books to, to choose from. But I would say that, um, if, if somebody is not familiar with breakthrough advertising, they appreciate the, um, sort of the, the persuasive and psychological elements of direct response. And they know that, um, that they've got a target on their back because they've maybe just got one, uh, one good source of revenue, uh, yeah. the, or one good source that's bringing in revenue to their business. We were uh, talking about that today in the, in the boot camp. <laughs> yeah. In the early boot camp. Yeah. The, yeah. Mo- the most dangerous number of business is one. And yeah. So yeah. If, um, and it's true. I've seen it. I, yeah. Um, you, you see these big advertisers all in on Facebook. I, I see this a lot in the e-commerce space. I see this a lot in the expert space where they have something that's working. So they go all in on it. But if one thing changes, right, yep. like yep. out and that, and that hurts. And, I, and I've seen people get hurt, uh, not to the extent uh, that yourself and Brian were talking about today, but I mean, like we got, we got to be able to, um, build a business that that fits our lifestyle, that's sustainable, and all. Like you don't want to have Mark Zuckerberg flip flip a switch, and then now <laughs> you don't have a business like that. That's terrible. That's why I'm a big advocate for own media. And uh, you mentioned that you email your list on a daily basis, and I, yeah. I love that. I applaud you for that because that is not easy. Uh, I'm a once a week guy. Uh, I know Brian's a once a week guy as well. Um, but uh, I do plan on increasing that. And uh, I think if you have the ability to to kind of to own that media and to keep people engaged and they keep opening your emails, all the power to you. Uh, I'm, I'm a big advocate for owned. I love it. So um, I wanted to talk about, you initially said that what really drew you into uh um, direct response and into breakthrough advertising was this concept of desire. I figured let's let's kind of start there. I have three that I think that we should talk about. I think we should talk about desire, uh, sophistication, and awareness. And I yeah. think that would probably be the most valuable stuff that we can provide to the audience and just at least get them thinking, get the wheels turning. Are you cool with that? Yeah, that sounds great. Cool. So let's talk about desire. What what is desire, and how does it applicable to our direct response marketing campaigns? Well, I mean, yeah, desire is is the the thing that that you're moving toward. Like it's it's the it's uh, the force that whatever that force is that causes you to move toward something and away from something else. And and so it's like. Uh, I mean, it could be a desire to, um, you know, lo- lose weight if we're, if we're going in the kind of the three big categories of, of, of business and you've got, uh, I want to lose weight, be healthy, I want mm-hmm. better relationships. I want, you know, higher status, money, uh, wealth, that kind of thing. Yeah. And I, I think that a lot of our desires, there, there's a lot of nurture in there. So I, I think depending on where you grew up and in the kind of society you live in, uh, that that does dictate um, yeah. what it is that you want and the vision that you have for for what you want. Because from an early age, like like you know, growing up in the U.S. Uh, versus you know, growing up in like a third world country, you're going to have yep. uh, different <clears throat> experiences that inform the things that you that you want or even the things that you believe are, are possible uh, for you. Um, yeah. you know, so there, th- those are the the forces that, 
that sort of uh, set our trajectory of of sorts. Um, but but yeah, I, I think of, I think of desire as just what am I uh, moving toward and what am I moving away from. So I, I, I'm recently learning, uh, just through experience, I used to think an offer was X amount of meetings, uh, the, the books that you're shipping, all of like, I used to believe that was an offer. And as I get more experienced and, and really understand what an offer is, an offer is that outcome of desire. Um, how do you tap into that desire, Chris? If if I'm running a, a business and, and like I find a lot of people commoditize their businesses right off the bat. And I think if they did a little bit more and even it, if you're an entrepreneur and you're running a business, you want to get more sales, it's still worth a read through Breakthrough Advertising. Uh, you guys see in Titan all the time, people coming from all different types of businesses, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. So how do we tap into that desire in a commoditized market to really stand out? Um, I've heard your reference of a stream before, I think in one of the trainings I took. Mm -hmm. or like, uh, so maybe talk a little bit about that. I think that is phenomenally interesting and grossly misunderstood from the average entrepreneur, including myself, somebody who was a media buyer for a very long time until I started yeah. hanging around copywriters and, and understanding what that meant. Yeah, so the the stream analogy is uh, something that that came to me uh, preparing for the first boot camp. But the the way Gene talks about it is that you know desire is pre existing, uh, so it's not it's not something that we as marketers create or generate in somebody. Um, and 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 so that immediately gave me this this image of just like a river flowing, you know, because I'm not creating that that flow. I didn't create the river, um, but what I can do, what I can do is is kind of wade into that river and divert some of that flow in a direction that I want it to go. And that's really what marketing that's what marketing is. and and you're holding up this um, you know the offer of you know the 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 performance of Gene calls them product performances. So it's like you're demonstrating uh, that just sort of the natural use of your product or service uh, equals this specific result that that meets your desire or satiates that that desire uh, so that's the the stream analogy and then, and then what was the other you mentioned something else as well um i can't recall you okay so let's let's break that down a little bit so what yeah. um what were they called product uh, product performances product performances maybe explain that just a little bit because i'm i'm learning while i'm sitting here too i'm trying yeah like uh, I, so, I have a very high level uh overview of everything and i've studied it but obviously not to the extent uh, that you have so I'm, I'm i'm here to learn as well <laughs> so product product performances you can think of as like uh features and benefits in a way i mean it's very similar to features and benefits and oh, okay um so you think about what what does it look like when your product performs? So if you sell a if you sell a course, uh, for example, the performance of your product is I I go through your your training, I do what you say, I get you know X Y Z result. That's your that's your product performing. That's uh, the the outcome essentially, mm -hmm. or yeah, the transformation so, in that process. Yeah, and and so and so what the the image that Gene paints is like uh, there there's where your your uh, prospect uh, is and mm -hmm. and where they want to be and there's there's that creates a gap mm -hmm. and so you're by your your product is the vehicle 
um, to to get across that gap. You're building a, a bridge um, Love it. for Love them, it. kind of like laying each board down for them. So so that's the that's the per- performance. And what Gene says is like for each um, each benefit that that you have for your product, you're um, you're you're showing how. And, and this is one of the exercises that we do in the boot camp is for each benefit of your product, you want to then say, well, um, how does that, how does that one benefit serve the, um, like the, the, the meeting of, of whatever the desire is in the market? How does it, how does it solve and address the, awesome. the desire of the problem? Awesome. Um, and, and thinking of a, about it that way. Yeah, that that's that's awesome because I, I don't think enough thought goes into that. Obviously, people are like we sell uh, mugs or books or whatever that is, and they're very yeah. surface level. And yes, um, that's a beautiful mug, but people want to drink tea or coffee like that. That's their end goal and their result. So tapping into that and understanding why that is, and obviously it goes uh, a lot deeper depending on uh, what the aspirations are, and you have uh, all walks of life. Um, that you have to kind of dive into. I, I think it's um, it's sophisticated. It's smart. It's once you understand the the principles, it changes fundamentally changes you as an entrepreneur, how you market things and how you speak to things. And I'm still in the process of massaging my things. Like so, for example, something that I would put out. Uh, and we've done, um, I, I think our number of last track sales was $42 million, right? That, that's what we did for our clients. Mm-hmm. But I don't feel great talking about that because that I don't want to track people that are trying to get instantly rich. So it's like, it's understanding those nuances of your product. And it's like, once you get to know me for a little bit and you can see my long form content, you'll hear me talk about that. Uh, we were talking about that today as well. We were talking about um, kind of standing up in what you've done in the past and sharing that and uh, mm-hmm. and and stacking them on top of each other. But I, I think it needs to be done in a sophisticated way, like Brian was saying today. Um, so yep. you have you have you have the demand. It, it's flowing into you. Uh, it's coming. So this is usually in form of like a traffic source, right? Like this could be direct mail. This could be mm-hmm. on TV. This could be you're creating that offer that that they want. You're putting that in front of them. So now you're in the stream. Um, how do we take just a standard offer to get people to put their hands up? Like, how do we use the sophistication or awareness? Either either one you want to go with first. Let me know. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and how do we apply that to the our offer as a whole to to get better results and, and and more people put their hands up and ultimately more revenue? Yeah. So the I guess we go into levels of awareness. So the, the order that the gene uh, takes us through in the book is you start with uh, mass desire and you go into the uh, levels of awareness and then the stages of sophistication, which. Yes. That, that has to do with competition. So levels of awareness, it's asking the question, all right, you, you've identified this mass desire in the market, you know, we'll just say lose weight. And, and part and part of what we didn't say about desire too is, is the work that goes into figuring out like, like what is, what is the actual uh, picture they have in their mind? Like the, the, the real motivation behind the desire. So, I mean, yes. Um, you know, because what you'll, and, and I learned this, you know, anybody who's, who's ever spent any time like going through therapy or kind of anything like that, like you, you yes. come to this understanding that there's, there's so much about, um, you know, the sort of the inner child in us 
uh, even For though sure. even though we're adults that that, sure. that that still has these unmet needs. And so a lot of times as marketers, you're really speaking to that that inner wounded child, especially in things like weight loss, because it's because the 100%. the idea there is like if I don't lose this weight, like somebody no, nobody's going to love me. And, and that's really like what they're, they're going after, uh, is that that's really what's pushing them. And so, yeah. And, and, and making, making somebody, um, both aware of how your, your product can, uh, can, can address their, their, both their fears, like, you know, make sure that, that, uh, that you're showing, um, yes. uh, that, that their, their fears are, are, are genuine, you're, um, I, I can't think of the word I'm trying to to say oh. right now, but um, but but you are are showing them a way to um, a, a safe way uh, to to sort of uh, attain the the goals that they have. But then with levels of awareness, you're asking yourself, how much does my market know about its own problem? Yes, um, and and what what does it what does it need to understand? So at the at the very um, you know, kind of near the, the top of the funnel, uh, you're looking at people who are kind of problem aware where they, they, they know that um, they're, they're aware of the problem they have, but they just don't feel like there are any products out there that address the problem. And so what I, um, what I think about is um, if somebody were to go to Google and, and they're, um, they're aware that they've got a, a problem with their weight like what are the the but they, but they don't know about any good products. So like what are the things that they would type into Google to search for? And when you do those kind of exercises, those are the questions yeah. that that then your marketing needs to answer. Versus uh, somebody who's aware of your product, uh, then what they're typing into Google is more about like um, you know does this product really work? Is it a scam? They're 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 kind of they have different objections that that you have to that you have to address. And, and Gene gives us a roadmap of how to address each one. So, and, and we can, I, I just pulled up the list uh, and yeah. I'll obviously post them in the newsletter. So everybody has access to this as well. Um, but you said something that kind of, I was just like, Oh, popped an idea in, into my head. I actually got this from you guys. So you can, so you can say it's so yeah, yeah. smart. Yeah. Um, but you guys were talking about, um, or you just mentioned, sorry, that they won't be loved. And mm-hmm. that brings me to like Tony Robbins, the six human needs that he talks about. And do you ever think about that when you're writing copy when or, or anything along those lines? Because I think that's very specific. Like, um, I won't be loved is kind of like significance uh, to a certain degree. And it depends where you are in your career and your business. But it's like, I'm not good enough to do this or I'm not enough and all of these different mm-hmm. ideas. Do you find yourself when you're doing your research? Are you tapping into that when you're writing your copy? Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, I, not specifically these these ones by by Tony. Uh, these look pretty cool. I, I but the ones you have the eight human emotions. I do. I mm. think about those and um, these guys here. Yeah, and and there's I, I forget where I I came across, but I, I there was this uh, chart I came across that showed um, you know the core emotions and then what um what an unhealthy and a healthy response to each of those looks like so like like fear uh so so in my copy like if i were to talk about fear like i come from the perspective that that fear is is normal 
uh, and that it's not something that that needs to be done away with because I'll say that the only so if I'm talking about fear, I'll say the only way that you can experience courage is to is to first have fear. Um, and so there there's a gift with each of the emotions. And so um, but but on the other hand, anxiety, anxiety is what an unhealthy response to fear looks like. Yeah. Um, and so I, I kind of I, I keep I keep I keep those in my mind when I'm writing uh, when I'm writing copy shame is yeah. another one that I think a lot about. And I, I think that um, shame, shame is a, is a big one that, that uh, it, it's one of those things that everybody deals with, but they're, they're too ashamed to talk about. And so I know that if I can, if I can um, identify like how shame looks like for somebody yeah. um, and, and then show. The, so when you say that, it's how they see the picture of shame in their mind. Is that what we're referring to? Or is that a feeling, an emotion? What is? Yeah. So like, like selling um, like Titan's accelerator as, as an example. Um, it's, it's the idea of um, that you, I, I think that there's so many people that they're afraid to make mistakes because they're afraid of what somebody else is going to think about them. Yes. Um, and that's, and that's shame. And, uh, and, and so the way that we, the way that I dealt with that in that letter is to talk about like all of the success that, that other people have had, not, not just success like monetary, but um, being surrounded by a community of yes. people who have your back. Um, because you should expect that you're going to try something and it doesn't work. And, and when that happens, you, you need to kind of fall back into the warm embrace of a community that, that is, that is on the battlefield with you. So, so that's a way. Don't that, go it alone. I love it. And, yeah. And I mean, that's and, and, and you're, and you're you addressing, you're addressing <laughs> the, the unspoken fear of, um, of failing. Yeah, of course. Cause we all have that fear. And it's funny, I, I find there's cycles in business, like you just forget certain things. Like, so I was going through this process of, I forgot about sales, if that makes sense. Like I, I just had a, a series of like terrible sales calls. I had a couple terrible clients and when, uh, and we had a huge loss in revenue, I had a, a $250,000 client be like, we, I don't have a choice. I had the relationship with the, not the top guy, the second guy. And he's like, we have to move the business. We made the millions of dollars. And it was so impactful to me. I didn't even, because I had stopped selling. I was just servicing my existing clients. And that's kind of where I found you. And I was I was in that zone of like unsureness. Is this what I even want to do? Do I even want to build this business again? Do I even want to do that? And it's funny through uh, the power of the community and the power of seeing everything and showing up on a weekly basis, how, how strong that actually makes you. You know what I mean? It, it does well. So not only are you saying it in the copy, you're backing it up with something that is, is beautiful and tight. And I think that's uh, that's super phenomenal. I wanted to speak to one point you said about anxiety. I've recently connected anxiety with anticipation as well and excitement. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to, um, I think you can move a lot of people with fear and, and shame and, and all of that, those great strong emotions. Have you seen it work on the other side of joy, happiness, excitement, like let's go, let's get to the other side, aspirations, all of that stuff. Have you seen that work equally as well? Or, uh, cause I know a lot of copywriters talk about the darker side to, to move, uh, the needle. Mm -hmm. 
yeah, I think that a lot of uh, like challenges are are based in in that sort of like let's do this together. Um, it, it's it's a lot of excitement and and some of those those emotions you were talking about of uh, you know joy. You, you've got this. We're gonna we're gonna do this together. I mean, any any kind of that uh, challenge marketing that you see, I, I would put in that in that uh, category. Cool. Cool, because I find um, when uh, we were full blown with the agency and we were we weren't spending a ton of money. I think we we're spending like twenty five thousand dollars a month on ads. But if we were very results driven, we got a very particular type of person, and it wasn't the best client. That is for sure. And uh, it was people. If you advertise money, people <laughs> that want money will respond to that ad. So it, it's like it was such an eye opening thing for me. Um, and uh, where I distill most of our success was selecting the right clients that already had a proven product. And then I was just able to help them amplify that out into the marketplace. And that's where we really found our success. So coming when I was first coming to you guys, I had I had all the books. I was reading most of the things and putting things in practice. But I really lacked that understanding of what it takes to bring somebody in. And I kind of want to tie this back into uh, the stages of awareness. I, we, we addressed them for a second. Uh, I'll just run through them quick. You, you essentially have most aware, product aware, solution aware, problem aware, and completely aware. And, and people have different versions and variations of this. And uh, within the newsletter, I'll provide a full breakdown so you can see it. How do you know where what message we're putting out to a particular market? Let's so let's go to the back to the very top. We've identified the the desire. It looks like a potential market. They want to go somewhere. They want that transformation. How do we know what stage they are at and what that looks like? Well, I think you think of the stages of awareness as sort of like so. There's the market, which is the whole you know, ball of wax. And then the stages of the stages of awareness are like the segments inside that market. So um, of all the people who, um, who want to lose weight, uh, you have segments in there of people who are, you know, aware of your product or most aware they're, they're probably, these are the people probably on your email list if you have one. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and then also you have another segment of, people that you would say are, are solution or, or problem aware. So they're, they're, they're further removed from the actual product. Um, but you know, they haven't yet seen something that like connects, connects with them and says, Oh, this person gets me, but like it may be an ad um, that, that, that says um, that, that, that says something in a way that no other ad is, 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 is saying. And it speaks to you as like, Oh, I was just thinking that. Yes. And you see that all the time on Facebook. People go as far as thinking that they're like tracking. They probably are, but yeah, <laughs> sitting yeah. to those conversations. Oh, that, that, that's great. Um, sorry, continue. Yeah. But that's, that's how I think about the, the levels of awareness is that it's really segments inside the market. Um, so, and, and so you're, you're, um, I mean, the, the easiest ones to sell to are at the bottom of the funnel. You're most aware that the product aware. Yes, um, and because th those people just need a better reason to say yes, they're they're already, you know, at, to a certain point. Credit card in hand. To, you don't have to tell them about the product. You just need to show them a different way that they haven't thought about that the product solves their problem. Um, and then the further up you go, 
you know, solution aware. And oddly enough, I mean, solution aware is where uh, Gene says that copywriters can uh, demand the most compensation because that's really where you're you're making the biggest contributions to the product because you are creating, like you're bringing a brand new idea to the market. Educating. Of, of, of showing how your client or your own product um, can can solve the problem and it's and it's a product that they are not uh, familiar or aware of. Um, and so that's really the first level where you're introducing something new to them and you talk about directing that desire, you're just channeling it back into and you're trying to figure out the right way to connect with with them to say, oh this this is the thing you've been looking for and then you know problem aware is a little more removed from that. So when you're writing a, a campaign, depending on the market and stuff, where are you normally writing it? You're going for solution aware, problem aware, mostly problem aware? Well, when I, I spend a lot of my time uh, in an email, uh, so I'm okay. a lot of times talking to warm, warm people, you know, so Completely these are people, aware of them. The, the, uh, these are people who are most aware and product aware to get people on the list um, the strategy that that has worked uh, for for us with with Titans is we'll run um, sort of we call them uh, identification ads. So Gene says if you're if you're going to somebody who doesn't know who you are, um, they don't let, you know the unaware folks like you're you're leading with uh, a an, an image or a saying or you know, a statement of the the kind of future person they want to be, and you're attracting them just through that. So you're not selling anything. So we we started doing that with Brian's blog posts where we would use, uh, and the one that, that worked the best for us is we had a quote by David Ogilvie um, on there about uh, using smaller words. And and so immediately, like if you know who David Ogilvie is, that's an identification piece. Um, and Definitely. You know, so so if you know who David Ogilvy is, like we probably want you at least to to come into our world and let us talk to you a little bit and tell you what yep. we've got, and then move you along to show you, um, you know, maybe you're a copywriter, maybe you're a media buyer, uh, and we're going to show you the different ways that that we solve the the problems that the other media buyers and other copywriters have had. Um, so, but but then you know they're not going to opt in right off the bat, so. The oh. way that we would do that in in this kind of technical, but like, and and I didn't do this. We we hired somebody to do this. It's probably what you do, Zach. But yes, um, you know, they would go and they read the blog post, and we would track, you know, how long they spent on the page, and if they got a fifty percent scroll depth uh, of the article, and then that would move them. All right, they know who we are. They're aware of us now. Uh, yeah. They read this blog post. They're going to go into a different audience. Uh, inside of, and this was Facebook, uh, but it works anywhere. So they're going to go to a different audience and they're going to see another set of ads because they're a little bit warmer to us now. And at this point, we're going to ask for an opt-in. So we're going to give yeah. them a direct marketing toolkit um, or we're going to give them the copywriter's toolkit is another one that we use. And that, and so then we, uh, so that very first ad doesn't ask them to opt-in or anything. It's just identification. Mm -hmm. And then once, once, once they've shown, they've either, consume the content, uh, they go into a custom audience, and then we show them a different set of ads to get them on the list. That's, that's awesome. And uh, th I think that's a great strategy. And I think that would allow you to stand out in this market. 
if you go on to Facebook at all, you see a lot of very direct, um, I don't want to say outlandish, but I'll get you 10 clients for $7 and like mm-hmm. very hard to believe uh, stuff. And I think coming at it from a perspective of like, uh, and this was my hardest, the hardest thing from a media buying perspective is convincing a client to spend money on that top of funnel piece to kind of bring people down and warm them up as you have a conversation. I think it is important to have something that is high ticket that you're selling there or remotely high ticket uh, to make that process uh, worthwhile. Because the way I look at like stages of awareness, I I find when like completely unaware, I'm, I'm probably not even talking to anybody like that problem aware. I may be poking that solution aware. I'm definitely talking to, um, the most success that, that I've had from an advertising standpoint of advertising my services was a direct call out like e-commerce owner and then have that story in that conversation. Um, and again, I think information is, is a wonderful way of doing that. And that was probably like my extent of knowledge into like Eugene Swartz. I didn't really understand uh, desire. I I, I kind of understood what was going on in stages of awareness. Uh, levels of sophistication kind of just like kicked me right in the face. I was like, <laughs> I'm like, how how do you know when a market is extremely jaded or extremely jam packed? To go to kind of rewind for a second, um, mm-hmm. one of my mentors told me about a unique mechanism in my business. My sales exploded. They like they exploded from my agency. That was that was the key to our success because we could stand out and do something specific and drive a, a specific outcome consistently for our clients. And it worked so, so well. How do you kind of determine that? Uh, and how do you view uh, stages of sophistication? Um, yeah, I mean, the stages of sophistication have to do with how many other uh, people are fighting for the attention of your of your customer. Um, so, I mean, if you're, if you've got a brand new product that nobody's ever seen before, then Gene would say that's stage one because you, your story is brand new. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so your the sophistication, you're asking how many other stories like mine have these people heard? So that's why, like, if, if you've seen ads on, on Facebook, um, like you were saying, like, I'll, I'll make you, you know, uh, 10 clients for the 10 K each, like, <laughs> like sure. one, they're, they're not, don't click on those ads. <laughs> they're not believable, but also it's, it's yeah. a story, uh, that's not new and, yeah. and people just don't believe it. They don't trust it. And, yeah. um, you've, Gene calls those, uh, echo ads. So you're echoing another, um, like, like marketing that somebody else has Bigger, always done. And older claim. Yeah, your ad actually is is reminding them of of somebody else's ad, and um, but but then you know if if you're coming into a market where you know there you you have competition, um, and you know there, like I think actually AI is is an interesting space w- with regard to market sophistication. So if you think about like when when ChatGPT first came out, there was nothing like it. It was, yeah. it was stage one, stage one right there. hundred million people in 30 days or something crazy. Yeah, and it's like, oh my God, this is amazing. Well, then, you know, the sort of the, then you realize it, it's not as, there are some things it can't do that well that you thought it maybe could do. And then all these tools start popping up and they say, well, um, you know, hey, use our tool because we're using open AI and it makes this, this piece of chat GPT easier. Like you can, 
uh, supercharge or Excel spreadsheets or something. You know, now you're getting into a second level of sophistication where you're making a new claim uh, on top of the old one. So it's AI is amazing. ChatGPT, yes. Um, here's a solution that that makes it even more powerful. Wow. Um, and then when when you start having all these competing claims of like, well, God, now we've got a sea of people who are selling prompts or um, you know the the market just got flooded. Then it moves to like who who has uh, the best mechanism for for getting things done in ChatGPT. So like so, don't talk to me as much about what your product does. Talk talk to me more about how how it works. You know, so so you see people uh, talking more about the, the language models that, and the, the way that their software interacts with. Uh, open AI and in the in the background, like like AI PRM is a good example mm. of this, where you've got a collection of uh, high end prompts that they that they write and they monitor, and their unique mechanism is uh, that they've got a team making sure that these prompts uh, are always going to work, and you don't yeah. have to worry about it. So that's a unique mechanism to them. So you can that's really cool. see like the the stages of sophistication in the AI world. Like it just it's going through it so fast. Um, it it almost it's scary almost because you look at it not not the fact that it's AI and it's going to take over the world or any of that stuff, but just the fact of the speed. A hundred mm-hmm. billion people like that is. Can you? I can't even fathom having that list that list is <laughs> phenomenally huge and i don't even know how they would segment it they i guess they wouldn't even have to at this point they basically are just like trying to talk to people uh and, and put it because it's so brand new but already there's billion dollar brands being built off of this technology and they're the backbone of that plus they have their own uh product um or market-faced uh product yep. it's absolutely insane and do you think that that's just going to speed up as time goes on just because of the way technology is? And like, once something is awesome, everybody's going to know about it fairly quickly and kind of jump on it. Yeah. Well, I think like what, when you get, so we, we left off at like stage three and then the next level of this, I, I think is going to be something to do with what, what they call um, uh, auto G, auto GPT autonomous. That's what it is. Autonomous AI that, um, that you just tell it, what you want and it figures out the 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 prompts that it needs to to achieve the end goal is that like the agent uh, gpt or whatever it is that yes yeah exactly so so like that's that's an example of when like i would say that's moving almost into stage four where you you (laughs) you had this unique mechanism in stage three of like the example i gave with aiprm well then to to, to top that mechanism, you've now got something like auto GPT uh-huh. um, that says, well, you just tell us what you want and we'll we'll, for you. our AI will figure out how to do it. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's um, insane to, to think yeah. about. And, and, yeah. and, and, and like- the, what, what Gene would in this last, this last point that what Gene sure. says is that at some point you reach stage five where you get a dead product and that's where nobody believes your claims anymore and they they don't even want to hear about your product anymore so we're not there with uh ai yet um but there will be some products that exist today um that that will succumb to that that next level of just like um Crazy, we don't man. believe what you're saying anymore something new and better will have to be uh created 
to, to go back to the original question, where do you think most markets are sitting right now? And if someone is totally unsure, where is a great spot for them to kind of start? Well, it's hard to say where most markets are sitting in terms of is, is it all because depends? it's well, it's so specific to yeah. like what you're selling. Um, and so you'd really have to look at that uh, for for each sort of uh, category of would you say that it would make sense to create a mechanism for the market that you're going into um you see like uh, a brand like kleenex for example coming in and creating a new category and then even other products are being called kleenex and they're not um mm -hmm. do you think there's something to that if they're obviously if the opportunity is there take it right but like um do you at titans have you guys created some sort of mechanism or I guess that would be the community. Well, it's yeah, it's interesting because I've I've started thinking of, um, like for example, these boot camps that we do, uh, and I just wrote which an email are awesome, about by the way, and I'll provide links to them for you. <laughs> yeah, thank you. So I, and this is something for information marketers because AI is commoditizing all information. So if you're yes. if if you are just selling information, like the day your days are numbered because it's going to be so much easier for anybody to find out anything just by asking AI. But um, what I've been thinking about is what are the things that, that I can do that AI can't do. And as I've thought about that, it's like um, gets you into human connection and tactile things, yes. things that are uniquely human. And so uh, back to your question about, you know, where to start uh, with, with the boot camps, I've, I've come to think of, that access and and walking through uh, in a in a very human way, it's me and Brian walking you through these concepts. Um, like that is a unique mechanism that that you can't get anywhere else. And I've started thinking about unique mechanism in, in that way too. Um, but you know, if you're, it, it, yeah, it's if you're if you're going into a, a competitive space uh, with a product and um, you're looking for a point of differentiation. I mean, certainly if, if you have a unique way that your product gets results um, or if you have a unique way to um, like, like an example that I, that I came across, I think is Stefan Georgie wrote a letter where the unique mechanism that he used is for a, um, I think it's for a weight loss or diabetic diabetics product, but he spent a lot of time talking about how there are. Um, I'm going to butcher it, but basically, there there are things things in your body that that won't allow your body to absorb what it needs to absorb from the supplement that they were selling, mm. and and their supplement addressed that so that your body could uh, absorb it more. So it, it was actually not not your fault it it was it was a flaw inside of your own body that they were they were addressing in a in a unique way and i thought that was a really interesting that is interesting man. approach approach to it but um but certainly if you've got a unique way that your that your product works like yeah. don't don't hide it uh talk talk about it and um and and describe it in in detail because um, whether you're you're brand new or, or not, uh, that's 
that that's something that is going to compel other people to to want to experience that that new way of solving an old problem. A hundred percent. That's a great answer, Chris. And in worst case scenario, you end up with great ad copy for an ad because you look at all the classics with like David Ogilvy and essentially there's breaking down the process of how something is made, which still works today, by the way, if anybody's uh, wanting to try to implement something like that. Uh, people are interested in how things are made. They want to know how they show up at their door in their house and, and want to be a part of that. That's awesome, mm-hmm. man. Well, thank you for uh, all all this information. Uh, I know it's absolutely huge. I'll make sure to leave links for everybody so they can get access to uh, the mastery, the original books, all the boot camps. Uh, I'm going to hook you guys up as best that I possibly can. Uh, if we were to leave the listener with one final thought about breakthrough advertising, uh, what would you give them? What would be the one piece that if they're just getting started to focus in on? Um, you know, if I was going to give them something new, uh, to walk away with, uh, one of the things that Gene, uh, said, and he said it in the the intro to breakthrough advertising too, is that, uh, copy is assembled. It's not written. And, and, and that I think is an overarching, uh, idea that, that, that fits with everything we've been talking about where we're, we're looking and assessing the market, understanding what's already there. And then we're just reassembling things in a unique way to capture attention. Um, Amazing. And, and I, I think that, that, uh, that that's a pretty powerful concept. Hugely. And I think you nailed it right on the head. Well, thank you, Chris. Thanks for coming on and dropping the wisdom, brother. I appreciate you. And uh, yeah, man, go check his stuff out. I'll make sure to put all the links in the, uh, in the newsletter. All right. Thanks, man. Thanks, man. Wow, right? Like the level of knowledge that was dropped in this call, hopefully you're running around with the pan picking up all those gold nuggets because they are getting dropped. Now, if you want to have an opportunity to come on the podcast and talk with your boy, have me either interview you or help consult for you and your business, I would be happy to do so just like I did for Chris. I think there's an opportunity for great minds to connect and us to provide a tremendous amount of value to the marketplace. I appreciate you for listening and I look forward to seeing you in the next one. Peace.